Barker. Sportsnet 5.9 the fan. Sportsnet. Ben Edison for Jeff Larry. Just one more. Look at my last day. I only, I only got sad. an hour and a half. Are you show. sad? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm devastated. It sounds like it. <laughs> It's been fun, man. That's like it. Yeah, it's been fun. Jeff Blair will be uh, back tomorrow. Uh, no doubt he's he's champing at the bit to get back in the seat here and uh, talk about a Blue Jays team. That is very up and down, Kevin. Uh, so they lose two out of three to the Texas Rangers over the weekend. Uh, let, let, me, let me tell you how the last couple of weeks have gone. Since May 15th, it started a stretch with three straight series losses. Then after that, Four straight series wins. And then after that, three straight series losses, including uh, the one that we saw over the weekend, which looked like a series victory, you know, when you're up 6 nothing, uh, You should be pretty good to, to win that one, especially when you got Chris Bassett on the mound, but uh, did not work out for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. They dropped the rubber match, 11-7, a couple of unearned runs, some sloppy play all around in the baseball game. What, what's your takeaway from that three-game series in Arlington? Yeah, when you play against good teams on the road, you got to do everything. And if you don't do everything, normally you get beat in those games, and that's exactly what happened. It's Look, it's the, the complete games is hard to come by, right? It's with the Blue Jays. Consistently, I think, for the most part, you're getting some out of the rotation of what you're trying to get out of them, right? At mm-hmm. least a chance. Most of the time, they're going to give you a chance. Now, they all have some stinkers. You know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Occasionally, they're going to show up and it's just not going to be coming out of the hand the right way. But for the most part, I think that's, you know, sort of what you predictability, sort of what you know you're going to get from the rotation. The bullpen, look, it is what it is, right? There's certain guys down there you rely on. There's certain other guys. If you're a fan of the Jays, you're closing an eye. Mm. You know, you're sort of looking away from the TV set whenever they come in the game. And I don't know if Nate Nate Pearson's not one of those guys. Hasn't hasn't been. You know, again, this is – against the elite offensive teams mm. who have been having some issues scoring some runs and who are having a good day, right, or having some quality at bats, that's when you got to stay out of fastball counts and your secondary pitches have to be better. When they're not, you tend to get hit around the yard a little bit because, again, the 99 to 102 will play when you're ahead in the count, you're on the corners, you know, you're outer third, inner third. When you miss up, you're a little up. It's not down the middle, and especially in those 2-0, I'll throw a 3-0 in there. Like, you have to be better in those counts against good lineups. If not, especially against some left-handed hitters, they're going to make you pay for it. For the most part, he's been good, right? The velocity's there. Yeah. You know, he'll go out or third, can steal a strike with the slider. Occasionally, he'll throw that little slow breaking ball that he likes to throw to a lefty occasionally to, to steal a strike. I mean, he's been okay, right? Would you rather have Trevor Richards in some key moments instead of the first couple of innings of a game? Now, that's something you may have to be thinking about right down the stretch here when you're trying to, just because of the way you've seen your team play, it's been tough for them to play complete games, three or four games in a row. You just mentioned it. You started the show with, right, how hard it's been for them to, Sustain. you know, the first baseman catches a ground oh, ball, yeah. line up your shoulders. <laughs> that's the easiest throw. The harder throw for a first baseman is the one to his right. Okay, mm. the ground ball, say, from a right-handed hitter, pitcher's covering, you're basically the quarterback leading a wide receiver. That ball down the right field line, when you catch it, especially if you're a right-handed thrower, ball on your glove on your left hand, you're throwing with your right hand. Only thing you're trying to do is square your shoulders up as quickly as you can. And you're aiming for the pitcher's right shoulder. That gives you a little bit of lenience, whether one if you're a little bit to his right or a little bit to his left, he can adjust. 
for whatever reason, a you know, gold glove first baseman just didn't get it get it done. Third inning, six nothing. Yeah. He makes that play. The Kiermaier thing doesn't happen. They don't scare uh, score there. Maybe that takes the air out of their sail, right? So yep. maybe they win that game. They can win the series. Well, and you can come away thinking, right, going to the Marlins series, you can think about doing some things. Well, you can even go further back than that, right? You can go to the first inning when you got a potential two out rallies happening there and you, you know, he, he you get a maybe a, a double steal happening and then Bobachet puts on the brakes and then you're you're caught off of first base. Now this is this is a team that one of their big mottos coming into the season was playing clean baseball. And I don't know if you can put like the physical errors like the 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 Vladdy throw into that same bucket because those do happen. Maybe you can put the Kevin Kiermaier one because that Hit was the like, cutoff guy. Yeah, that was a confusion. Yeah, that was that that didn't look good by any stretch of the imagination. But just like we're we're halfway through the season now, Kevin. Can you say definitively that this is one of the this this Toronto Blue Jays baseball team in 2023 isn't nearly as clean as they expected to be, as they hoped to be going into the season, that being one of the main yeah. points of 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 conversation well, going into this well, season. You could say it's a bunch of things or why they're in fourth place, right? They're in four they're they're a fourth place team for a reason. Yeah, that they're what are they a half a game out of the wild card? Yeah, they actually gained some ground on the so Yankees and Astros. So it's still there's some hope there, right? There's hope that if you go on a decent little run, if you can put some things together, get start getting some big hits, start making the plays you're supposed to be making early in games, you can almost lose games up six nothing the third inning on a bad throw, a bad two throws, mm-hmm. right? You give. The other team, Bruce Bochy's coming out having a quick hook with his starter, mm-hmm. right? He wants to give the offense a chance. Six nothing. I can't let it be seven nothing, eighth nothing. I got to take the starter out. So you saw some urgency there from a really good manager and a really good team, which means if you're playing against them, all the plays that you have to make, you better make or you're going to get beat. So I think that for me is just whenever you have expectations, you're not living up to those. Your record is what? You basically are. You're where you're at in the standings is basically who you are as a team right now. And I think sometimes you try and do too much, and this is sort of what they're kind of trying to do, right? It's station to station. Well, that's sort of where you're at with this kind of thing. But there is a fine line between thinking about station to station and not taking the aggression away from the dudes on the bases. There's a fine line there. Mm-hmm. Every player's ever that's ever been on some teams that had expectations have been through cer- certain things like this, right? Is it station to station? Is the buddy in front of me trying to steal third with two outs when he shouldn't be doing that? And I'm trying to follow. Maybe that's not the right thing to do, right? <laughs> so two wrongs sort of don't make a right when he doesn't go because he doesn't get a good enough jump. Now I'm sort of following him instead of you know staying within myself and just saying, okay, even if I don't go to second. First and third, if he does steal the base, which yeah. for me, he's already in scoring position. He's a good base runner. Yeah. He can get good secondary leads. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at the time. But this gets back to the point, right, is sometimes on teams that have expectations, your better players are trying to well, you're set already the up example. one nothing at that point, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very confusing play. They know as well as anybody, one nothing, one going to get it done, right? So right. You're, try, you're trying to make it easier on the guy hitting. <laughs> yeah. And you want to try and – push it a little, and when you push it, sometimes 10, th- 
things tend to happen and, and go the wrong way. What? But again, it's up six nothing on the road with your the pitching that you have. Yeah, you you have to win those games. They just didn't. No, they didn't. Here's what they did do though, Kevin. Over the three game series in Arlington, actually hit was with runners in scoring position. Now they didn't have a ton of runners in scoring position, but they were five for eighteen, which is not uh, like a four hundred average. It's a two seventy eight average. The problem was the lack of extra base hits, like it has been all season long. Uh, only five extra base hits over the three-game series. Three of them off the bat of Bo Bichette. Texas had 13 extra base hits over that three-game uh, stretch. Uh, Vlad, still without an extra base hit, and now 12 games. Kevin, I mean, I, I know we're, we're, we're singing the same old song with, with Vladdy here. Uh, he's hitting fourth again today. By the way... New, uh, number, well, new number two hitter uh, in the lineup. Dalton Varsho hitting second today. He's hitting 360 over his last seven. It's smart. Yeah. Variety on the mound. It's an opener. This is what they're doing. I mean, give them credit. Like, they're trying to put, stack the hottest guy in the two-hole mm-hmm. to hopefully get some dudes on in front of Bo and Vladdy and maybe shake some things up, make it a little easier for them to zone up, have – you know, better plate discipline. Obviously, Bo's had that because of the bat-to-ball skills in the years he's having. That's more about Vladdy trying to get dudes on. Maybe he'll get a cookie early in the count, mm-hmm. right? Won't chase as much. Give him credit for that. At least they're trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all you can do, right? You can only put the name in the lineup. Well, Now the name has to go out there and have better at-bats. I like the first four guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the, the the number five hole hitter. All right, let's talk about him. Uh, Spencer Horowitz gets his first major league uh, start, his first major league appearance yesterday. Ends up with his first major league base hit on on base three times. By the way, uh, roster news for you today: Alejandro Kirk on the ten day IL with the uh, left hand laceration after getting hit on the on the hand. So that means Is that Tyler, a cut. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big word for for a cut. Oh, uh, t- <laughs> Tyler Heineman has been recalled from Triple A. <laughs> Trent Thornton, he's back. He's been recalled from uh, AAA Buffalo. Can sleep at night. <laughs> and and Bowden Francis, despite being pretty solid in the the, the couple of times he's he's been asked to uh, to pitch in in a bulk role in those bullpen games, he's been optioned to AAA Buffalo. He knows that that's his role this season. Um, yeah, uh, Blue Jays started a three game series in Miami against the Marlins uh, tonight. They got Jose Barrios on the mound. So you, I know. Maybe we'll get to Spencer Horowitz in just a second. I do want to circle back to Dalton Varsho, who you were early talking about him hitting fourth, hitting cleanup for a team with World Series aspirations, being an odd spot to, to put a guy in. Yeah. But you you talked about well, one his you know coming to a new team, big expectations, face of a trade, and all yeah. that. But also his track yeah, record. See, I don't think that has anything to do with it. That that's me. I don't, the, those three things that you just mentioned, I don't think it has anything to do with that track I, record. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that has. I think it's for me. More about the three guys that were hitting in front of him. Okay. That's a tough follow, right. right? I mean, you're basically telling me to clean up the three guys mm. that are in front of me, which is a lot to ask. Like, it's just, and, and oh, by the way, you've totally rebuilt the lower half that you were doing the year you hit 27 homers, right? You you went from the stride separate the the leg kick to the stride separation, which is not the easiest thing to do. You know, basically a start stop start again. That's a lot to ask, and now you're asking him to get off to a hot start early in the season. It's impossible. I mean, you live and you learn. I'm sure this is why they're not trying to put him in that position too many more times. Mm. Sure, if they had to, if he gets hot hitting mm. homers, maybe they'd do it. <laughs> but I like him in the two hole. Just by him being in the two-hole, he changes nothing 
That's I don't I don't go I don't try and do anything other than continue to try and hit how 360 difficult is over the last seven how games. How difficult is that it's, to do to, to 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 do the things that ended up with you with a 923 OPS in June, but to produce, keep doing those in a, in a pretty key spot. don't grow on trees, but I can let the ball travel, hit a ball to left center. Mm-hmm. Like if I get my pitch, if I as long as I don't expand. Right, he he looks comfortable. He looks hitterish, which is eighty percent of it. Mm. Those th- two things can add up to now. You can put him in positions that hopefully he gets on base, and you know, I, I, he's just coming up with uh, sixth inning, second and third. You know, he's facing the tough lefty, hitting cleanup. That sound like Dalton Varsho? Probably mm-hmm. not. So, you know, I think they're trying to put him in positions now that you could just go up there and sort of exhale. I'm going to get my pitch. I'm not going to overswing. I'm going to get my foot down on time. It's a smaller, little tinier leg kick, right? I'm not overdoing it. I can repeat that. It allows me to see the ball a little bit better. I can, lay, I can try a little harder to lay off the ball up, which I don't like. So, yeah, I mean, that's a... It's a good spot for him, I think, especially when he's hot. Yeah, all right. So here's the lineup. Uh, obviously, George Springer leading off. Dalton Varsho hitting second. Bobichette hitting third. Vladdy uh, hitting fourth and playing first base. Hitting fifth and playing DH today. Spencer Horowitz. Uh, Matt Chapman back in the lineup hitting sixth. Danny Jansen hitting seventh, uh, doing the catch. And Kevin Biggio hitting eighth. He's at second base. Kevin Kiermeyer is in center field. So Spencer Horowitz mentioned it. Made his major league debut first at bat. First base hit, a little ground ball through the right side of the infield. Uh, was on base, as I mentioned, three times. I mean, that that is kind of what we expected. If you look at the baseball reference page and what he's done uh, in the minor leagues, not a big power threat with just the two home runs at AAA this season. But what would you, you see with the plate appearances, Kevin? Yeah, I liked it. It's repeatable. I think that's the one thing that stood out to you. He, he didn't look like the moment was too big. I mean, he saw a bunch of breaking balls from lefties. You could see out of the hand he sort of, I don't want to say he knew it was coming, but because that lower half is repeatable, he's getting in that athletic position a little bit quicker. You can tell he knows some things about his swing, which is half the battle. Mm-hmm. And you can repeat it. He's sort of that set-the-slot guy, right? It's not a, a ton of movement. It's that I'm going to set it, I'm going to hold it there, I'm going to wait for you. That's sort of, I think, why he doesn't have a ton of power. You, know, you may have a, a, a just a little bit more, if he added a little bit more rhythm and flow to his swing, maybe had a little bit better trigger. I don't think that's who he is. I don't even think that's what the Blue Jays want him to do. They just want him to have competitive at-bats, yep. come up when it matters, get a big hit, slap a ball to the left with a dude on second and two outs. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, how, that's basically what they're asking for. Don't do anything you're not capable of doing just because we're putting you in the five hole. Yeah. And I'll ask you this. Who else would hit fifth? Yeah. I like, mean, they ain't got nobody the, else. I mean, Matt Chapman ain't hitting fifth. <laughs> no. Like, Danny Jansen, I mean, he's hitting some homers. You don't want him yeah. to hit fifth. Like I mean, Kevin Biggio, right. Kiermaier, like they ain't got nobody, right? <laughs> no. and so this is sort of, you put a bat-the-ball skills guy in there. You put a guy in who can, yeah. you know, lay off the 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 strike-the-ball breaking ball, which is a big deal with runners in scoring position, right? Hunt yours. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to hit with two strikes. Can hit velocity. He seems to be able to do that. He's left-handed, and you sort of got that righty-lefty-righty thing working four, five, six, which seems to be kind of nice with, you know, sort of trying to match up with the manager on the other side of the field, trying to figure out, you know, who to bring in and who not to bring in. So, yeah, it's not a big deal. No. Uh, yeah, a nice debut for, for Spencer Horowitz. Absolutely. Now, now, Brandon Belt is slated to come off the IL at the conclusion of this series. So, back home 
after the off day, Brandon Belt can be activated. At that point, I, I, I don't know if there is utility for Spencer Horowitz. I mean, is there there is a 26-man roster, and the Blue Jays haven't exactly used the back end of that, that, that roster to great effect this season. Is it worth having him around as absolutely. just an extra bat, like a, a pinch-hitting Ab- option? Absolutely. Well, we, we just saw John Snyder getting yeah. lambasted on Twitter for taking uh, out Varsho after hitting a homer against a lefty who, you know, Will Smith's really tough on lefties. Mm-hmm. You're bringing in. I mean, it's not, not John Snyder's fault of who he has to try and go to coming off the bench. I mean, Kirky's right-handed. Yeah. He was good last year. Mm. I mean, it's not his fault, the makeup of this team. You're just trying to do the best you can to, you know, put balls in play and help your team win a game, especially if you're down a couple of runs. And now you'd have three righties in a row instead of a lefty and two righties and just trying to make it tougher for that pitcher to make quality pitch after quality pitch. So, yeah, I think 100% any – any more quality stuff sitting over there on that bench yeah. is a benefit for John Snyder, right? Just well, it's not like Ernie Clement is getting in a ton of games. That's Absolutely what I'm talking not. about, right? Like yeah. this is has been the Nathan Lucas spot. It's been the uh, Ernie Clement spot, which is, uh, you know, hats off to them for making it back. Well, for Ernie Clement, he's making it back to the, the major leagues. And congratulations to Nathan Lucas for for making his first ever yeah, opening, day, opening day roster. But those guys have... They played sparingly. Now I don't know if there's a developmental thing we're talking about with with Spencer Horowitz that you trying to you, win a World Series. Uh, yeah, I mean he's 26 years old. Anymore. I think yeah, if if he's good enough to be a, a potential option off your bench against righty relievers, I, I would love to say that I've seen him take batting practice. I have not. Yeah. I, uh, watching a guy take batting practice will tell you a lot of things about him. Mm-hmm. Does he have power? I mean, can he hit the second deck at the Rogers Center? In batting practice Probably to the not. pull side. That that would be one thing if you're watching batting practice or does he even try, right? Most guys who are not trying to hit homers in game, why why would they do that in batting practice, right? You're going to try and go line to line. We've seen him. We've seen him let the ball travel against a tough lefty and almost hit a double down the left field line. He can use the entire field. Like I said, he can hit velocity. He can lay off that tough strike to ball, breaking ball. So yeah, good for good for these guys for getting opportunities, but this is sort of the push comes to shove and John needs to match up late in games. Yeah. R- really, what's he got to go to? Like it's it's not again. I think people need to understand he wasn't in the offseason making this team up. Like you know, the Dalton Varsho who has only hit one homer off a lefty in 170 plate appearances in a year and a half. Just doesn't ooze going up down two runs. Go get him, kid. Back leg city something. After I know he's hit a home run. I know he's hit bats and gotten better. And yeah. I know he's probably your everyday left fielder. I get it. We've seen John do this before with Dalton, right? Late in the game, really, really tough lefty. Throws a bazillion who dominates left-handed hitters. Yeah. You're going to put in a righty. Righty has a better chance, right? Hitting a line drive somewhere. Maybe you got a couple dudes on. Chapman's coming up, right? Yeah. So uh, Danny Jansen, who's had some good at-bats, is coming up. There's reasons why they're doing these things. It's just what you got to go to. Kirky right now, mm. not very good. Mm. Let's be honest. So, yeah, it's it's uh, especially when you're losing and, and you're not living up to expectations, you, you look for reasons to pick and poke and 
prodded every little thing every single well, time. Well, it didn't work out. Absolutely. Uh, you remember, yeah, they scored four, four runs in two games. <laughs> okay. they, they won a baseball game on Friday with three Crazy. hits. Crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, Crazy. It's not easy to do. They no. were 0 for 2, well, like you, you said earlier. Yeah. 0 for 2 in the first game of runners in scoring position. 2 for 4, yeah. and then 3 for 12 yesterday. It's just not like they're going up there hammering baseball. No. So every time you get yesterday late Yesterday felt in game, like an explosion with the six oh, runs. Yeah, so... You know, it is what it is. And, again, they're trying to do the best they can with how they're making out the lineup, yeah. who the hot guy is, who they're trying to get hot by putting the hot guy in front of them, yeah. right? So you're trying to get a couple of dudes or maybe three dudes on base in front of the big boy hitting cleanup. It would help if he gets going, make everything a little bit easier. I mean, but- Kevin, it does. It, I mean, it feels like he's the key to everything. Like if, if we sure get, feels that way. I, I mean, mean we talk about him a lot. But I know, but I, I – He had I, one RBI in the three games. It's ridiculous, right? It's not it's – not, 12 straight games without an extra base hit for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, you know, spoke to our own Shai Davidi yesterday and says it feels like he's, he's turning a corner maybe and taking a walk and the base hit. But, no, it uh, mm. it has not looked like peak uh, Vladimir Guerrero Three Jr. Three extra base hits in June. That's 17 games. That's not good. It's really not. Uh, yeah. And, and I understand his OPS is still around 800, and he's he's got a high batting average. But, no, he's hitting fourth. He's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This is I'd, a guy who's been hitting 50 home go, runs. He's got nine. I'd love to see him go one for four with a – Two RBI double in the eighth inning. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Letting the ball travel, hitting the ball to right center field with backspin, driving in two runs mm-hmm. with two outs. I'd rather see that than him trying to walk in the first or second or third. Now, he's not trying to do that, and you can tell he's pressing. Like, you know, all of a sudden, now it's mechanical. A couple of days ago, it's what he's swinging at. Now, mm-hmm. it's not so much what he's swinging at. You can tell he's trying to let the ball in go because he's looking away. You can tell that. Doesn't take a guru mm-hmm. hitting coach to watch Vladdy hit the last couple of days to notice that. But now it's mechanical because what are the pitchers seeing and catchers are seeing and the khakis on the other team seeing? Mm. Okay, you want to do that? Mm. Okay, and fastball counts, we'll start spinning it to you. Mm. And now he looks like he's hitting on his heels. You know, he's his timing's thrown off, like his hand. It's just, there's a lot going on in there. And this is the way they're trying to make up for it. They're trying to put traffic on in front of him mm-hmm. so it eliminates the thought process to now where... They have to throw you a pitch on the plate. Mm. Knowing that because there's traffic on the bases, if you can take the close one, you will get a cookie. It's just for him, it's been tough taking the close one. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't work out. It didn't work out on Saturday as far as the the pinch hit after the the Vlad hang, uh, single uh, in the ninth inning against Will Smith is um, yeah. Uh, Alejandro Kirk makes an out pinch hitting for Dalton Varsho. I would say that in an overall sense, the the opener strategy with Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis, Ooh. I mean, giving up three earned runs. Uh, Kevin, if you had signed up for for three earned runs over five and two-thirds, would you not have taken that? Yeah, the okay. The, the way the Jays look now, consistently uh, having issues putting complete games back to back to back. For me, anyway, it's no longer about sweeping series. It's about winning series. Mm. I'm not saying you think about punting games. Mm-hmm. But the Trevor Richards thing, it's a thing now. Mm. Like his stuff, it's nasty. I, I Again, I know location and and sometimes arm speed and it's two pitches and he don't throw a bazillion miles an hour. Yeah. But if you put him, say, in the sixth inning instead of the second or third inning or the first inning, it's almost like you're wasting him there. Mm. That's the point here. Just because of the way their entire game looks, you may have to pick your times right. And if you got to start somebody you don't want to start – you just start them. Like, it's about winning series now. It's not about sweeping series. 
Because that looks like that's going to be really tough to do with the runners in scoring position, with the consistent just throwing the ball where it's supposed to be thrown kind of thing, right? And consistently doing your job to the fullest has been tough consistently. You have to figure out how to win a series. And if you have to pitch everybody you have that's really, really good in two games to do that, and again, so you don't want Trevor I'm Richards pitching in that the, game that, that you, not, you don't have high hopes of winning. I'm because he's too valuable to the back end of this bullpen. Absolutely. So some, I think for me anyway, that's an adjustment the organization mm-hmm. will have to make. But I mean, Trevor he's Richards a guy that right can throw you 50 really pitches. Let him throw 50 pitches from the fifth inning to the seventh inning and then mm-hmm. turn it over to Swanson and Romano. Mm-hmm. Do that. Mm-hmm. The, the, those innings are way different than the first three innings. The Rangers will tell you, you can come back from the first three innings. I mean, you the Rangers can, probably, can. I don't know. Can the you, Blue Jays? Well, it's a little easier anyway. <laughs> you at least have more room for trying to figure it out. Fifth, sixth, and seventh, tougher. Yeah. That's the point. You're trying to win the two out of the three instead of the three out of the three, which, yeah. because have you seen a different game that I've seen consistently? No. So that's I've the point. It. That's the point here is you're, you're adjusting everything you're doing by lineups mm-hmm. and, you know, who you're getting, who you're calling up who you're putting in the five hole, Mm. like you're doing things to try and spark things by having tougher outs throughout your lineup and having traffic. Mm -hmm. Now it's as an organization, do some adjusting. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they they got a Marlins team that's playing some pretty good baseball. Surprising Marlins. I mean, they, they're 10 games over 500. They're doing really well against the A's, the Royals, the Nationals, and the White Sox. They played them 12 times this month. They've won 11 of those games. Uh, they got a guy hitting almost 400. And, you know, the reigning National League uh, Cy Young Award Solaire's winner. has got 20 homers. So coming into this thing, yeah. you got to think you got to keep one dude off the base mm-hmm. and you got to keep the other guy from driving him in. Mm-hmm. If you want to take two out of three, that's the thing. Right out the gate, right? Can't be no, you know, pitches right down the middle in yeah. big spots early in games. Can't be that. You got to make better pitches, catch the balls when you're supposed to catch them, give somebody a chance to have a big inning and. Mm. Again, with who they have throwing in these three games, maybe you think about a sweep. Yeah. But when I, you're rolling around to that guy, yeah. that whoever that would be, that's when you start thinking about, okay, let's be realistic here. Yeah. One of our main guys is, start, is starting and pitching the first three innings. Would it be beneficial to have him later in the game? Mm. For me, it's later in the game. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, they got a couple of tough customers on the mound uh, against the next couple of games. Uh, in Miami, and like I said, uh, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner tonight, uh, Jose Barrios, uh, running a, maybe his best 12-game stretch of his career against uh, Brian Hoeing, who's uh, an opener for the uh, Marlins. When we come back, though, the August 1st trade deadline, oh, it's fast approaching. Let's talk to uh, Jim Bowden, former MLB executive of the year, about what the Blue Jays could be thinking as they approach the deadlines. Blair Barker, Ben Anderson for Jeff Blair at Sportsnet 590, the fan, and on Sportsnet. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is going to throw a sim game on Wednesday as well, too. Yep. 
that being kind of the 75 pitcher range like he was last time he went five innings? Yeah, I think at least that, if not a little bit more. Um, so um, anxious to see how that goes. Um, again, all the reports have been really good uh, from him down there. In, uh, not down there in Florida. We are in Florida, but across the state here. So, um, yeah, anxious to see how that goes Wednesday. All right, that's the manager. That's John Schneider on uh, Alec Manoa. Is that the first time you've heard him say that about Alec Manoa, that he's thrown a side session? Yeah, 75 pitch. Yeah. What, what day did he get sent down? Oh, they're gonna make it's me been a it while. Yeah. My point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd say, so what, what does that indicate I, to that's you? That's a great question. That he hasn't been pitching? Like there's a process there, right? There's yeah. a, there's a You need to take care of this first before we start getting on the mound and getting ready, like yeah. getting fired up because you need to fix things yeah. mechanically. And the only way you can do this conditioning and throwing program and all that stuff, you have to take care of that first. That's all. I mean, I'm, maybe he has thrown one. And I just haven't been paying any attention. Mm-hmm. Out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm sure right now Jay's fans care. They only care about him coming back and dominating people. I just – I don't remember hearing it. Do you remember? No, I, well, I don't he think. was it was going down to the lab. He was going to get all checked out in the lab. He was going to go through the 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 the, the process, whatever happens well, down in that lab. That's the process we're talking about here. Yeah. And now yeah. now he's on on a mound. And, and there I, you go. I guess we're we're not going to find out uh, results. And who knows if he's even going to pitch in that complex league? But um, yeah, under a close eye in Dunedin yep. is Alec Manoa. Let's talk to uh, Jim Bowden, former MLB Executive of the Year, uh, writer for the Athletic, uh, MLB Insider, joins us right now. How's it going, Jim? Everything's great, Kevin and Ben. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, when you when you hear that that Alec Manoa is only now throwing a side session, and you know he's going through the processes of of, of getting checked out at that that uh, Blue Jays pitching lab um, after being sent down a couple of weeks ago. How how do you feel that the Blue Jays have handled this situation? A guy with a you know pretty sizable track record, albeit only two years in the major leagues, uh, being sent down um, so early in the season. Well, I think I think they waited too long to send him down, and I didn't understand why they kept running him out there, really giving the Blue Jays no chance to win the nights he was starting. So I was surprised they didn't do it three or four starts earlier because <clears throat> it wasn't getting any better and there was no indications it was going to get better. But I think they've handled it extremely well in the decision of what to do with him and how to fix it. I mean, let, let's all be realistic. Last year he was third in the league in the Cy Young voting. That's how good he was. If he had pitched this year like he did last year, instead of being 39 and 34, there would be 45 wins for the Blue Jays, and they would be in second place probably four games behind Tampa, and you would be looking at the Blue Jays completely differently than you are today. That's just a fact. Um, So if you want to get into the wild card, because you're not going to catch Tampa Bay at this point, if you want to get into the wild card, which Toronto certainly can get in, you need Alec Manoa to be Alec Manoa because you're not going to be able to go out and trade for a starting pitcher with any higher ceiling than Manoa. So they decided, okay, I'm going to send him to the lab down in Toronto, and we're going to check everything. We're going to check body fat, conditioning. We're going to measure girth. We're going to measure everything. Then we're going to put the biomechanics on them. We're going to get the laser beams on them, and we're going to find out exactly every single difference between Alec Manoa from this year to last year with the goal of let's just get Alec Manoa being back to being Alec Manoa physically, mechanically, and in every other way. It also gives him a mental break to get away from everything. And instead of going right down to Florida and throwing, you take a deep breath and you do all the lab work. 
because you got to figure out exactly what's different, exactly what the process is to fix it. How do we get him back to being where he was? So I think the process is really good. It's going to take time. I wasn't expecting to see him back in Toronto until the beginning of July, but I was expecting before the All-Star break. But that was kind of the timetable based on my conversations with Ross Atkins on what they were trying to do here. So I think they're handling it right. I think they probably took a little bit too long, and I understand why. You're trying to win, and last year was your best starter, and you just hope he figures it out. So every time out there, you're hoping that you're going to get progress. But uh, at least they did it now and didn't wait any longer. So I think it's going to be a key. You know, everyone's going to talk about the trade deadline between now and August 1st. Uh, Let's all be realistic. The best move that could happen to Toronto is just getting Manoa back to what he was last year. Jim, is there a blueprint for when an offense is not clicking, like the Blue Jays is not, right? Runners in scoring position, just the quality of their at-bats consistently is not real good. Is there a blueprint sort of how to kickstart that a little bit and get it headed in the right direction? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's, it's a formula like, like that because it's really each individual having to step up and, and be able to live up to their contract or live up to their track record of who they are and what the expectations are. So it's kind of an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you got Bo Bichette that's just crushing. Like, I mean, th- this guy, I mean, he's going to win multiple batting titles. I love watching him. He's just absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, Guerrero doesn't look like the same Guerrero we, we covered a couple of years ago, does he? I mean, we, we need we need Vladdy no. Jr. to be an MVP candidate. We, we need him to get back raking. Um, so, yeah, there's inconsistencies here. And, look, when they went, and and I and I would have done the same thing when they went to try to balance out the lineup better with more left-handed hitters. Um, you know they they did pay a little bit of a price for that because I love Varsho and a Hardy plays great defender left hits for power, but he's never going to hit for average. He didn't Arizona. He's not going to in Toronto. So you had to know that was happening. You know I just kind of look at it and when I look at this team, it's like can I just have Marcus Simeon back? <laughs> like it's not like you need a lot. It's just you need one more impactful bat to put in that lineup and it would change everything. It would take the heat off everybody else. Everyone else's at bats would, would get better if you could do that. I know it's easier said than done, but to me, that's kind of the glaring hole. And I think they're one bat short of what they need to have. Not that they can't get a wild card berth without it, but I'd like to see them go get a bat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and there are potentially a lot of buyers here as we head towards the deadline, Jim, and, and you look at, and you mentioned the, the right there in the American league wild card chase. You're right. They're only half game back about the Yankees and the Astros who were tied for that third wild card spot at 39 and 33. Uh, the Angels have leapfrogged both of them. They're a game up. And then the Orioles, who've been a real consistent team all season long, they're, uh, they're six games up on the Blue Jays, five and a half games up uh, of uh, the Yankees and Astros. When you handicap the American League wildcard race and you look at the teams that could be buyers, like, how do the Blue Jays fit into that mix from what you've seen through now almost half a season? Well, this is a trade deadline where we have to get out of our heads buyers and sellers. Like, we have to understand that 2023 is going to be an exception. So we've got the expanded uh, playoffs, which has changed the amount of buyers and sellers. We're also in an environment where the sellers don't have much to sell. Kansas City Royals, Washington Nationals, Oakland Athletics, they just don't have really much out there. And because the two central divisions are so bad – you've got so many clubs that are going to be in this race for a while. So it's not going to be easy. So the best avenue that you can do is buyer-to-buyer kind of trades. And the GMs that I've talked to said that that is absolutely happening in a very consistent pattern. And so 
for for Ross Atkins and and whatever involvement Mark Shapiro has these days, uh, you know that's going to have to be the, the way. You know, I talked to Thad Levine the other day, the GM of the Twins, and he said, "Look, I, the, the sellers don't have what we want. So for what I want, Mike, our conversations this year are different because we've expanded them to the contending teams. That's who we're talking to more than we're talking to the sellers because they have more more to trade. And so we're trying to find ways." to, you know, obviously strengthen our weaknesses and, and vice versa for the other team. So it's going to be fascinating at the deadline because the deadline's either going to be a dud or we're going to see a lot of contender-to-contender type trades. Jim, if you were Ross, would you go after an on-base guy or a run producer guy? Uh, it all depends on the price and what I can get. You know, I'm going to be open-minded on how to fix an offense. I mean, you know, the old expression, you can skin a cat either way. You know, <laughs> the former great Pat Gillick, who, who, as you guys know, Hall of Fame general manager, I'll never forget my rookie year as a GM. I, I really wanted to get a starting pitcher, and I was really trying. So I was at the All-Star game, and the All-Star game that year was in Pittsburgh, and Pat Gillick came up to me and was having a conversation. And I said, Pat, I'm really frustrated. I want to get a starting pitcher. I just can't get any traction. And he said to me, why don't you just go get a bat? doesn't matter if you score one more run or, or prevent one more run. It's still a run. And he said, you know, may, maybe you just do it that way. And, and so, you know, the point that he was making, and it's right, is that at the end of the day, it really is run scored, run prevention, mm-hmm. right? You look at teams right now, you look at the team ERA, you can look at run scored, you look at run differential, you look at all those things, and it kind of gives you the answer. So to answer your question, I, obviously, I would like to say both as a former GM. Yeah. I need both. I want an impact bat and an on-base guy to mm-hmm. answer your question. I'll take what I can get. The deal that's out there that upgrades me, that's the deal I want to make. Mm-hmm. I, you're not going to – you know, we all want to be greedy and be able to get everything the club needs. Mm-hmm. And it's not realistic. But wherever I can help, yes, I'm in. Great answer. So, so Jim, yeah, the Blue Jays 11 games back of the Rays in, in the American League East. We know the record within the division has been horrible. They're one of the best teams in baseball, though, outside of the division. And I, I know we're moving closer to a balanced schedule, only, only facing your divisional foes 13 times instead of 19 times. Uh, everybody in the American League East would be leading the American League Central. Uh, Twins lead it at, at 500, 36 and 36. The closer we move to a balanced schedule, does it not make sense to do away with divisions altogether? Like, uh, why, why aren't we just, you know... Going one through fifteen, and and then you know settling our our playoff teams that way. Yeah, so I mean, everyone has their own opinion. Um, I I do like divisions, but I don't like the divisions the way we're doing it. I want geographic realignment. I've written about this before in the Athletic. I did also this winter. Um, I just think it's important to do a schedule um, to ease the travel, but you know, I want to create more rivalries from within so i you know i I have no problem with two new yorks in the same division two chicago's in the same division la anaheim san diego arizona the same division uh that's my personal preference um i understand your argument which is fine too but i can tell you where the game is going the game is going is there's going to be expansion of two more teams and 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 that's and we're going to do eight divisions of four that's where you're going so no matter what i think and what you think is not going to matter because that's where the sport is going. So uh, five years from now, that's exactly where we'll be. Jim, what should the Cardinals do trade deadline? Um, I, I think, and, and this is not popular in St. Louis or in New York, uh, in Queens. Yeah, uh, I would sell. I, I would sell. Yeah, if, if I were the Cardinals and the Mets, I, w- I would reboot. St. Louis has to figure out. Um, a starting rotation if they want to be competitive long-term and they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do in the outfield besides Jordan Walker. 
And so I think you got to be open-minded and reboot. The Cardinals, the more you watch them, they're, they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. And as I watch the Nets, I mean, I'm sorry, but the, the pitching staff's just too old. Nothing mm-hmm. against Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer or Carrasco, but there's age there. And while Verlander and Scherzer still have value, I'd spin them see, and, and try because try, they have a lot of good pieces, right? I mean, Nemo, McNeil, Beatty, Alvarez, Lindor, Alonzo. I mean, you've got some really good pieces, uh, but you've got you've got an aging rotation. And you're in a division right now where you're not catching Atlanta. Nope. You're, you're just not good enough. And honestly, you're not going to catch them next year either. So why not sit there and reboot? And the funny part is they have an owner who's got one of the highest IQs of any owners in, in the game. Mm-hmm. He's smart enough, I think, to do it, no matter how unpopular it is. So I think they're going to be fascinating here. If they don't play better in the next month, I think they're going to surprise people and they may end up being the headliners of the trade, of yeah. the trade deadline. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it could be a very interesting times in Major League Absolutely. Baseball. Cardinals never sell, but uh, maybe this is the year. All right, uh, Jim, thanks so much for yeah, this. Yeah, it's great stuff. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, this is Jim Bowden, former MLB Executive of the Year, uh, writer for The Athletic. What, what, do you, what do you think about my idea of getting rid of all the divisions? You just got the American League, you got your National League, you got your 15 teams, you got top six teams in each league going to the playoffs. What, doesn't that make more sense if we're playing a balanced schedule, right? When you're, you're playing the teams within your division less than ever before. I mean, you could go to a fully balanced schedule. I don't know if, I guess you want to be traveling, you know, to, to California as much as that would probably entail playing so the So you want Angels to take away the, the American League East? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Blue Jays players that would be uh, yeah, in know. favor of that too. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the, the American League East as an organization tells you a lot about where you're at as a team and sure. as an organization quicker so than where it does are the Blue in Jays? other divisions. Pirates are a really good team. Reds are a really good team. They're up-and-comers, yeah. and they're, they're probably going to be decent organizations down the road. Are they really good? They wouldn't be really good in the American League East. No, they wouldn't. I think that's the point, right? You can have a hiccup, be around 500 in other divisions, uh-huh. and be okay. You know, everybody root for you. Little engines are good. <laughs> you do that, ask the Blue Jays. You have a little hiccup up for about two weeks <laughs> spanned in the American League East, and yeah. you're done, right? So I, th- I think that's – I'm not sure. I'd have to put more thought into that sort of – Well, I mean, to your I, point, the Blue Jays have been awful against the division. So what does it tell you about this team? I mean, listen, there's more yeah, divisional I, games to come, but they've been – It gets back to my point where it's not about sweeping series. It's about sure. winning series. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to maneuver around that. And if you got to use guys you don't want to use in certain games, well – and if you want to call that punting, that means your offense has to step up, have better at bats. You got to play better defense. You can't get thrown out. Can't try and steal bases in the in the first inning with two outs when you're already in scoring position. Fact. Like you can't do little things like that on the road against good teams, or you'll get beat. That's my point here. And to your point about the record in the East, it tells you where you're at. Jim's comments about the Blue Jays and and what they're going to do and where they're at in the standings and where they're at in the wild card. Mm -hmm. Because if you're Ross, you're hanging what you do because of where you're at in the wild card. And the schedule for the Blue Jays up until the break, Ben, Mm-hmm. It's not real tough. No, it's you got not. three against Miami. You got an off day. Yeah, you got three against Oakland. You have to sweepy. Yeah, there no, there's two out of three in no, there. I don't care how good they're doing. If how the good Marlins been. swept them. They swept the the Royals you, as well. You, they're you at home too. Oakland. And then you have a day off. And yeah. then you got the Giants at home. You got yeah. the Red Sox at home for three. So right there is three, six. There's nine games. Yeah, six and three in those. I yep. like that. And yep. you got the White Sox on the road. You got Detroit on the road. You're going to finish in Detroit before the All Star break. Yeah, that is so including Miami, uh-huh. which me personally, I think you should take two out of three. 
Yeah. With with who's pitching for you, mm-hmm. you're thinking about sweeping them. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're, you're facing play, a couple good. of tough, tough customers Throw in the next the ball to two the right days, people. But, yeah. Get outs when you're supposed to get them, yep. and you'll beat the teams like Miami that you're supposed to beat. Yep. Period. So this is just me. You have three against Miami, three against Oakland. Right there, you're thinking, I sweep Oakland, I take two out of three. That's five out of six right there. Mm-hmm. Now you're feeling good about yourself. you got yeah. some confidence. Maybe Vladdy's done some things in those wow. six games, right? No, no. Optimistic. Half full. This yeah. is what we're talking about, right? No, that's you're what trying I'm saying. to build. No, I, going that, in I to mean, force <laughs> your GM to do more than he actually wants to do. Yeah. Because he really don't have anything to do it with. I mean, yeah. he's probably piecing this. Do you give up Spencer Horwitz and and Santiago Espinal for something you need? I don't know. I'm throwing that against the wall because you ain't got a ton. No. If you checked in the minor leagues, well, I mean, Aurelvis Martinez has kind of resurrected himself, but that's like we've, that's the, the the one position player that we've that's talked shown about. Anything. Chapman, you ain't trading that because you ain't yeah. got nobody to play third every day, and you're Barger's just going to deal with hurt. what he's giving you. Yeah. So it's you ain't trading Kiermaier. I mean, he's, yeah. So it's. I just, or again, you you got what you got within. Now you're looking at the schedule and you're thinking to yourself right now, up until the all-star break, this is where you mentioned the Marlins have gained ground and gotten confident against yes. teams that stink. No, That's no, when you do it. Nobody needs to play a team with a team ERA of six more than the Blue Jays and more than Vladimir there Guerrero Jr. There you go. At home. I, I mean, Control yeah. the strike zone. Get your pitch. Hammer some. Gain some confidence because it ain't mechanics. Mm-hmm. And Maybe you can build off that by facing some bad teams who will give you some cookies. That's what you're looking for, cookies. The polar bear mm-hmm. plays first base for the Mets. Go watch all of his homers. Mm-hmm. 99% of them make good pitches. Mm-hmm. They are center cut right down the middle. Yeah, Pitches that he can do tremendous damage on. That's what you do. You face good teams. You face bad teams to get confidence. So when you do face a good team, because you have confidence that you can take a pitch, and when you get this pitch, it goes where you want it to go. That's my point. So hopefully here in the next little stretch, because of who they're facing, you can do that. You can gain some confidence. You can get some winning streaks going here. Yeah. You can sweep a team you're supposed to sweep. Yeah, you and do. Then, and then maybe you you might see Ross do more things to help you down the street. I just what Jim said is is right. You you do what you can do. Yes. You you get what you can get. Well, I mean, there's right? there's yeah. five teams on the all. outside of a of a and everybody picture. wants pitching, so you, there's going to be competition everywhere yeah. to try and get the same exact thing you're getting, and probably have more to give up. There are it's there are be five teams in the American League who are currently outside of a playoff spot right now, but within three games of a playoff spot. That's yeah. five teams on the outside, and I'm including some. Uh, I'm including. Uh, uh, Cleveland in the Central, who's way back in the wild card. But, yeah, it's, it, Yankees the Twins get are healthier. 500 Astros leading the division. are going to get healthier. Like, they're going to be better right down the stretch. And now you're going to have to make up for – because Jeff mm-hmm. Blair said this forever. The Jays, for the most part, with names that matter, aren't injured. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not been dudes that went – I mean, Brandon Belt, we're hanging our head on <laughs> – we're no. hanging our head on that. No. But it's – because he was hot and nobody else was hitting at the time. But for the most part, they've been healthy. So – Again, this is what I said. If you're a Jays fan, you look at the schedule, this is a good time to get excited about this, right? Yeah. You, the Marlins, with who you have pitching, you go on the road. The Marlins not a great team. Mm-hmm. They're a team that will take advantage of you not playing good baseball. Show up. Do the right little things. If you catch a ground ball down the right field line, throw it to the pitcher. Let him catch it. <laughs> now it's 6 nothing instead of 6-2, and you – 
bursted bubbles, yeah. and now they probably don't come back. You win that game, you win a series, and you build confidence going ahead against bad teams, which is the whole goal there. So glass half full, everybody. That's I what like we're that. trying to get to here. I like that. Yeah. Uh, get a win tonight would be a good uh, good strategy because uh, you got That was the, great the, stuff by Jim, by yeah. the way. You got the 20-year-old Farbaugh, Yuri Perez, and then the defending uh, NL Cy Young Warner. Yeah. I was trying to overthrow. And we'll talk to Jeff Nelson about him yeah. a little later on. But time now for Between the Lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Let's go to Mark Boffel. What do we got, Mark? All right, guys. So the Jays are in Miami, which means that Florida native Bo Bichette returning to his home state. Let's look at his total bases tonight. Will he go over or under one and a half total bases? All right, what do you got? Yeah, I think this is an easy one. Uh, he's going to go over. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how by how many, but it's going to be more than, you know, easy for me to get over that. Bo, Bo has two or more total bases five games in a row. It'll be six games in a row after tonight. Yeah, so you're saying the guy that, yeah, has hit a double in five straight games and holds the major league record for consecutive games with the double uh, is, is going to go over? I It's hard to disagree, but here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take under. Uh, because I mean, would you be pitching to him if you if you if you were if you were the Marlins? Would you? And he finally snapped the streak without a walk. Absolutely. Had his first walk in in twenty two games yesterday. Marlins not good enough to be pitching around people. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, Absolutely. that may be the case, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw anything near the strike zone with, with the way the rest of this offense is hitting outside of Bo Bichette. I mean, he's been so good, and you know what? Even if you don't throw it it's in hard the to heart pitch of the around play, him anyway. Yeah, that's what he I'm saying. At everything. That's the thing. I mean, he did, again, like I said, he took his first walk in 22 games yesterday, snapping a string of 21 games, a yeah. career-long streak uh, between walks. But And if you throw it on the black or just off the black, yeah, not only is he liable to swing at it, he's liable like to hit it. In that, in that, in that. I like him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't disagree. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you, you want to bet against the streak. There you, go. you know, there's a reason why they keep building uh, casinos in Vegas. They, you know, they're not losing money in Las Vegas. That seems like the smart play. I'm going to take the other side of it. Alright, <laughs> when we come back though, we'll uh, find out what's going on with this Marlins team that finds themselves 10 games over 500 uh, and giving some people uh, a little excitement in South Florida. We'll talk to Jeff Nelson, former uh, Major League pitcher, current analyst for Bally Sports Florida next as Blair and Barker continues. Ben Ennison for Jeff Blair alongside Kevin Barker at Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ben Anderson for Jeff Blair. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Sportsnet. So the Blue Jays lose in the first two games, our first two series of this three-city road trip, Kevin. And, man, yeah, yesterday was a tough one. Up 6 nothing, the third inning. Mm. Got to close that one out. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, they, obviously. They, 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 they did. They did. <laughs> they lost. It's devastating. <laughs> they did. They, that was bad. That was real bad. That was not good. That would have been real bad. You would have been 500 on the trip already at that point. But, hey. If you do sweep away the Marlins, you said we're being positive today. I, we're being optimistic. If you sweep away the Marlins. Uh, sweep's tough. 
Yeah. Two out, two out of three wouldn't be too bad. Tonight? Win it series. Does feel like the game to win, though, uh, bullpen game, because tomorrow you got the, the 20-year-old Yuri Perez, who's, you know, all he's done is throw up an ERA under two, he, and then young. Sandy Alcantara, who's not having the best year. I mean, this is, again, guy who's reigning nationally Cy Young Award winner, so the expectations, like Vlad's expectations, are super high, so we're, uh, we're judging everything. Not realistic, maybe? On a scale. But, yeah, when you're talking about a guy who's, Maybe the best pitcher in the sport having an ERA over or around five. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a Ouch. disappointment, but we'll, we'll see. Starts uh, tonight the series in South Florida where it's apparently raining, but they got a roof at that that ballpark in Miami. Let's talk to uh, Jeff Nelson, former major league pitcher, current analyst for uh, the Yes Network and Valley Sports uh, Florida. He joins us right now. How's it going, Jeff? Good. How are you guys? Doing all right. So, yeah, this Marlins team, uh, it's obviously an up-and-coming team. It's a young team, but find themselves 10 games uh, over uh, 500 and very much in the playoff mix. Like, when do you start believing in this team? Um, you know, this is going to be starting with Toronto. This is going to be a stretch that they start playing against some teams that could be in the playoffs. I mean, they beat up on the Royals, the A's. They've won six uh, and six and zero against the Nationals. So, they're beating teams like they're, that they're supposed to beat. Now they're going to get into a stretch with teams that could be in the playoff hunt. So I think around all-star break, if they can get through this, see how they play against Toronto, I think that's when you start gauging what kind of team this is going to be going forward. Jeff, what kind of team are they offensively? Uh, you know, well, Luis Arise has just been incredible to watch. Yep. You know, he's, he's so much fun as far as the way he goes about his his work and how he hits the ball. You know, Seattle pitched him really well. It, you know, you got to throw him up. And if you don't get to that spot, a lot of pitchers can't get to those spots, then he's going to feast on you. And he has been feasting on you. Jorge Soler has been healthy. And when he's been healthy, he's been able to put up some home run numbers and power numbers. Uh, you know, they're, they're a team that they believe in themselves and they believe that they're never out of the game. The two, two out of the three games in Chicago – they came back in the last couple innings. Uh, when you have a team that believes in themselves and believes that they're never out, you know, sometimes they're a dangerous team. I mean, they, especially against playoff teams. Uh, Jeff, I was, I was, listen, I, I've been following Luis Arise's career, but I was following his season when he was hitting 400 only a couple of weeks ago. It's, he's, he's down to a paltry 388 right now. Uh, but yeah, he, was, he finished 13th in the American League MVP voting a season ago, led the American League with a, a 316 batting average in Minnesota a season ago. But I mean, everything across the board is up for him this season. Are, are you surprised what you've seen? Like, obviously, comes to, to Miami with a track record, but but what he's done this season, leading uh, the National League with 97 hits, I mean, it's been unbelievable to watch. Is this what you were expecting? I don't know if anybody can expect this. I mean, he went down to 378 after the Seattle series, and the next thing you know, he goes 5 for 5 and jumps his average up into, what, 390. So, uh, and now he's back to 388. He, he's just been incredible to watch. He's been great at second base. Now, this is the first year that there's no overshift. You know, I think that has helped a lot of hitters. Uh, it definitely is going to help someone like Luis Arise as far as him exposing different parts of the infield. You know, he just, wherever it's pitched, that's where he hits it. And he's not a guy that's going to pull you on occasion, but he will if he gets something down and in. He's such a really good low ball hitter. He's very dangerous if you're going to pitch him down. But I think if you look uh, all, you know, just around the board, around the major leagues, if you guys are more comfortable now at the plate, well, most of the time, because there's hits there. They don't feel like, oh, the only way I have to or I can beat the shift is i got to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Even though the strikeouts are the same, I think 
you see more comfortable at-bats for certain guys. Jeff, every time we talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it's always something good, right? It's always like uh, he needs to do this more. He needs to be this guy. He needs to dominate this pitcher. He needs to hit more homers. He needs to drive in 140 runs. He needs to be an MVP candidate. I, I listen or I watch Sandy Alcantara after the year he had last year, sort of similar those two guys, right? Every time he goes on the mound, it's dominate, you know, go nine right. innings, shut teams out, no matter who you're facing. Not realistic, is it? It's a tough game. It is. and But if you look at Guerrero, the average is there. Yeah. You know, the RBIs are there. You know, he's hitting over 280. You know, he's got nine homers. You know, the one thing, and then they'll probably come. Uh, you know, if he was hitting 240 or, or 230, and all of a sudden he had the nine home runs and everybody can start complaining. But when you have somebody that's hitting still 280 and he's driving in runs, you know, it's pretty tough to complain about a guy like that, even though he does have nine homers. You know, I'm sure the homers will come. He's a heck of a player. He's got a track record. I mean, he's got – I mean, look at his dad. Mm-hmm. So the uh, so everything is there for him. You know, I think you just don't want him to start believing all the all the noise that's going around and trying and try to hit the ball out of the ballpark to try to please everyone. Just continue to do what you're doing, and the homers will come. Uh, to, to Kevin's point about uh, Sandy Alcantara uh, coming off the the Cy Young Award last season, the numbers inflated like across the board, and like I said, ERA of four nine seven, almost five there. The the strikeouts are down. Like what 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 have you seen from Sandy this year? Uh, it's a, there's a lot, you know, I think, you know, just like this shift has benefited hitters. I, I think this shift sometimes doesn't benefit pitchers that if they make a mistake last year, sometimes it's an out because you have three guys on one side of the infield. If you make a mistake now, it could be a base hit. And, and I think he's one of those guys that's benefited from that or, or not benefited, but uh, it's hurt him. Uh, and I think he's trying to be too fine out there. Everything that he's thrown, he's only had really two good outings all year, and that was his complete game shutout against Minnesota and then the other day against Chicago, the White Sox. Everything's been up in his zone. Mechanically, he's not been there. Uh, he's really been inconsistent with his mechanics. He doesn't really have a great breaking ball anyway, so when the change up and the fastball are up, the slider's not great. The velocity's still there. I mean, he's still throwing in the upper 90s, and the changeup still has the same velocity, but it doesn't have the sync that it had last year. Uh, you know, because confidence is shot. Now with the, you know, the different the rules of engagement, as far as disengagement as far as stepping off, and the bases are a little shorter, the running game has really affected him. He doesn't, he doesn't hold runners well. So there's a lot going through his head right now that he's trying to figure out. Basically, hey, why why was I so dominant last year, and it's just not happening for me this year? Jeff, is there three guys in the Marlins bullpen that can be counted on in big spots? Right, you got to lead in the seventh inning. You got a guy to go to. I, mean, I know AJ Puck's had a good year. Tanner Scott, Dylan Floro, like there's some guys down there you can hand the ball to. But is it enough? You think? Um, like you know, this, I think you can say that about okay. What kind of team are they? And you know. It, what happens when they start playing really good teams and you get in those situations that they've gotten into with the Royals and the A's and, and the nationals where then they've been able to dominate. I mean, they've had, they've got four lefties down there and you throw Okert and Nardi. They have really good arms and Scott has a really good arm. Uh, their lefties are, you know, some of the top guys in the league. And it's just a matter of, Hey, put them in a situation like these three games against the blue Jays. The blue Jays are going to be tough. I mean, they're throwing their, well, some of their, their three best starters, I mean, Bassett had a rough one yesterday, but, you know, Kikuchi and you have Gossman, you have Barrios, who's, who's been outstanding this year, getting back to the old 
Rios that everybody's uh, used to seeing. Yep. This is this is a test for the Marlins. Uh, you know, they they play well at home, but still, this is a team from probably the toughest division in baseball in the AL East, and I think that's going to, you know, probably tell how they are going to come out of this. I mean, is there a scenario in which they keep this up and they're they're hanging around and they're they're in the the National League wild card pic- picture where they they actually you know start buying at the deadline? Can you see a scenario, Jeff, where that's the case with this Marlins team? They could. You, you never know. I mean, like I said, you can't. You always have to watch. You have to watch teams that are really confident and never feel that they're out of the game, and they feel like that they can beat anyone and and come back against anyone and compete. And you know those teams are very dangerous. And right now they're playing really good baseball. They're ten games over five hundred. The first time as a Miami Marlin team, uh, you know they were over. They were that way in two thousand eleven as the Florida Marlins, but. I don't think you can really tell. You know, I think now with the extra playoff teams, it's probably better to gauge teams right when you get to the all-star break and see where they are, and then you look at their schedule going ahead, and I think, you know, you're going to have teams starting to decide. There's a lot of teams in the American League. The American League, I think, is a lot tougher this year, uh, and the National League is maybe a little weaker. Still, you're probably going to have 20, 22 teams compete for 12 spots. Jeff, let me ask you, without Aaron Judge for the New York Yankees for a long period of time. You think they can still make the playoffs? It's going to be tough, you know, because they're just, they, their guys are just not stepping up. I mean, it's, it, you know, in some ways it's very disappointing because, you know, yes. Does he make everybody better around him? Yes. Yeah. When he's in that lineup, it's not just him, but it's everybody around him that he makes better. But you have Stanton, you have Rizzo, you have Torres, you have LeMayhew, Donaldson. These guys are good enough to, fill the holes or fill the time until you get judged back. And it's just not happening. Uh, you know, their pitching has been inconsistent. You look at Severino has really had a down, down year since he's come back. Even Clark Schmidt, he, he struggled at times. He struggled his last outing. Uh, the bullpen, the bullpen has been good. I mean, they're the best in the American league, uh, but how long will that be? They need judge back, and, but they also need uh, the other guys to step up as well. And, bide some time or, or tread some water until you do get judged back in that lineup. Jeff, uh, that Yankees team coming off being swept by the, the Boston Red Sox, and, you know, maybe that actually adds some intrigue to the rivalry, but there's a lot of conversation. Uh, in, in fact, Nestor Cortez said, you know, he's more geeked up about a rivalry between the Yankees and Rays and the Yankees and the Blue Jays than he is between the Yankees and the Red Sox. You played in the heyday of that, that Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. Where, where do you think it is right now? Uh, he may, you know, he may be right because the Blue Jays are so good. You know, they're, I think they're underachieving right now. And, you know, I think they'll turn things around. The Rays have just been so dominant. And that has been a better rivalry maybe than the Red Sox because the Rays have really beaten up on the Yankees of late and gone in and beaten them at Yankee Stadium. And same with the Blue Jays. Uh, the Red Sox have taken kind of a downturn as far as, uh, you know, just in the standings. But I think that rivalry will always be there. Uh, you know, I like it, and I think it'll probably heat up even more now the way the schedule is. Everybody plays each other. You're not playing each other 19 times, and I think that's probably a little bit more important, and maybe that will rekindle that little Red Sox-Yankee rivalry again. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Jeff, appreciate the time. Great stuff. Thank Enjoy you. the game tonight. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's Jeff Nelson, former uh, Major League pitcher. He won four World Series rings. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he was on some really good teams, too. Hey, yes, look, he was. Look, the the judge thing is intriguing for me. Because uh-huh. you hear it. We, every time Booney 
Talks, Aaron Boone. Yeah, he was the manager yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, it's it's always about the same thing. It's sort of like a crutch, right? It's yeah. it's because he's not in the lineup. Basically, they're an awful team, mm-hmm. and he has to answer the question all the time. Everybody talks about that clubhouse thing. Mm. How do you fix that? Like what? how how do you fix the thing of the Giants not in the room? Like you can't miss him. Like mm-hmm. there's no way. You, like you know he's not there because. He's the biggest dude in the room. Now, Stanton's a big guy, too, but it's I, – I just don't know how they get around that, right? I'm, I'm sure it's because the players have to answer the question. Booney has to answer the question all the time. The organization's answering the question. Like, how do you win baseball games without Aaron Judge? They're 10 and 14 without him this year. How, how, do, you, how do you go on a decent run because of the way your offense looks without him? Mm. And how do you – because it seems like it's a thing behind closed doors – with those guys that are trying to go out there every day and make up for the loss of Judge, I don't know how they fix that. Yeah, I, it's, 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 you can't replace sixty-two home runs. Yeah, you uh, can't. But <laughs> how do you? Other guys have to do things too. They have to go to work too. Well, yeah. I mean, there's other guys getting paid to. I mean, Stan is the the one guy that stands out as you know over the length and breadth of his Yankees career hasn't exactly lived up to expectations. But Rizzo, after that strong start, and you thought, oh man, this is a guy. With a new lease on life with the the, the no shift yeah. thing, he's come back down to earth. Yeah, the neck thing too didn't help. Yeah, Josh yeah. Donaldson's been when injured and when he's in the line. I mean, but he's hitting fifth on that team. They got Billy McKinney's back, right? Like they they're <laughs> Yeah. Not not everybody's expected to do damage on that team. But no, I mean, yeah, you t- you take the best hitter maybe in all of baseball. Well, outside of Shohei Otani. Yeah. Uh, and sixty two home runs out of the lineup. It's kinda like going through a month plus stretch of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being a you know six hundred OPS guy. To Jeff's point, and that's not the only person that's came on this show and said people need to pump the brakes about Vladdy. Like it's it's not the only person that has said that. You know, it's not like he's hitting two forty with two homers, okay. and not driving in runs. And he is hitting with runners in scoring position. But this isn't. You would admit it's, that Kevin well, it's the this, expectations around him, right? It's it's going into the season uh-huh. from. The gate, like soon as the bell rang, 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 it was he needed to be an MVP, and it just hasn't happened that way. And why is it not right? And he's hearing the noise, like it's how can he not hear it? Right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, they talk about it every single day. You have to get it going. You have to do this. I mean, he's flying in his uncle. Why else would you fly in your uncle? <laughs> yeah. If it, if it was going well, he wouldn't be flying him in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're drawing attention to it by the things you're doing, right? So. Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to what Jeff is saying, but I also think there's some truth to what we say every single wow. day because of the way the at-bats look, the way you just – how easily sometimes you can get him out, which is, for me, I'm not real sure I understand that. But maybe there's some truth to you sitting 280 with 9 and 40. Okay, so there is some truth to it in that it is June, right? And it's – what is it? June 19th today, and it's not It's not September. It's not the end of September. So in that respect, I get if that's what the point Jeff is making, that, hey, it's it's too early, and it's not like this guy is hitting 150 and, and striking out five times a game, which he's not. But I will say the time for, like, at the end of the year, this guy has an 800 OPS, and he hit 25 home runs and plays good defense. That's It's a fine player, but that's not – we're, we're done. I, for me, I'm done having that conversation the, the game, at the end of 162 where this guy is a good player but not a great player. I mean, who, if that's if that's the player he is, I guess that's the conversation we have to have. Let but me ask you. Who that you is think? a disappointment if we're talking at the end of the year and this guy's and, – and Vlad's got numbers similar to, to what he has right think, now and he's got you, 22 home runs or who something. Who do you think Jay's fans blame more for fourth place, Manoa or Junior? 
I think it's probably Junior. I mean, Junior's here. I mean, it depends on what, what the rest of the, the, the season. Are you talking about to this point? Who do they blame more? You listen to Jim. Jim was saying if Alec Manoa was anywhere near mm. of how good he was last year, yeah. they'd have 45 wins in second place. They'd certainly be in a he better spot. He didn't mention Gladdy. Okay. I mean, he mentioned the, the performance wasn't as good as it has been, but he more mentioned Alec Manoa's name than he did Vladdy's name. That's, well, a, that's the thing, right, is... But he only plays one one every fifth once every fifth day, right? Manoa and and Vlad is in the lineup every day. I mean, you add seven or eight more wins. I mean, to when that... he was playing and starting, mm-hmm. to how many wins they got now? How many wins they got now? I mean, that's forty six, forty five, forty six wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, to, I, I don't know that, if it's that, a simple. Good, uh... <laughs> that's a good point too. I mean, it's a, a lot of the times about the guy standing on the mound, and it's timely hitting and good defense, right? But Kevin, in an and overall baseball sense, IQ, those kind of things. But most of the time, it's the guy standing on the mound, right? He sort of dictates everything else that happens, mm-hmm. right? When Bassett's really good and the sinker's good and the cutter to lefties is good, the whole team looks good. Mm-hmm. No, so that's the thing, right? It's no, I get what you're saying. So that's... there's there's to both sides. Jeff made a great point about Vladdy, yeah. and Jim made a great point about Alec Manoa. So I just wonder. I mean, it's an interesting thought about the. Uh, what fans would think, who they would blame more about fourth place. Yeah, but I would say in an overall sense, and the numbers would back this up, that this team, I mean, the, the pitching has not been the biggest problem for this team, No right? question. Well, and, one and, and you made a great point last week about, hey, okay, Alec Manoa's not in the major leagues, and we was in the major leagues. He was one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball. Jose Barrios is having a career year, right? Yeah. And if you said out of the two, one guy's going to have, he's going to be a Cy Young award contender, and the other guy's going to, you know, be fringe major leaguer, yeah, I don't know if you take that, but yeah, there's. I think on balance, the Blue Jays have gotten better than expected results out of four starting I, pitchers this I, season. Yeah, but I think the quality of depth that they do not have mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look who they're calling up. Like he doesn't. I don't need to say the names. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not the names' fault no. that they're getting called up, but just the quality of that Ownerly. and what they can bring mm-hmm. to an organization that's trying to take it to the next level. So when a guy does have a setback that you were counting on mm-hmm. and you can fill in the blanks, now you're talking about instead of sweeping series, you're talking about winning the series because of who might be, be, be pitching one of those games. So it's – Well, and, and, and they're, they're, they're not a complete – game right right now on both sides of the ball so i think that's sort of a what, what everybody's talking about well there's and, a little blame to go around for everybody and they're a little bit banged up right now although not compared to everybody else around major league baseball is uh if you missed it today alejandro kirk after taking the ball off to off his hand off his wrist yesterday was placed on uh the il today and tyler heineman has been called up here's the manager here's uh, john schneider on uh, the extent of alejandro kirk's injury just with the way the cut kind of happened on his hand, got a couple stitches in there on his left hand. Um, so I think between that, letting that heal, um, letting the soreness kind of get out of there, it was going to be a handful of days anyway. Um, so I think it was just best, you know, for, for him to take the 10. Hopefully, I'm very optimistic it'll be a minimum minimum stay for him, but best for him and us right now. All right, so they, they, they took that same uh, tacked with uh, with Brandon Belt, who apparently is only going to miss the 10 days, and they're, they're going to do it with Alejandro Kirk. Well, um, Brandon's a little older. Yeah. He's seasoned. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Okay. You know, he can't go, can't go, uh, what was it? He went home to second really tough, and in the next yeah. pitch, he <laughs> went second to home really tough. Like, you got to be careful with that, right? He's, uh-huh. he's seasoned. 
Kirky, that's bottom hand when you're hitting, that's glove hand, right? And when you talk about stitches, look, I rolled my eyes when I heard that, and I know most people did. You're, you're a professional athlete. Mm. It's a cut. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't look like it's a big deal, right? You wouldn't gushing blood everywhere. But when you start talking stitches and you're a catcher and that's your glove hand, that's your bottom hand when you're hitting, I mean, let's be honest. He ain't, it's not like he's tearing the cover off the baseball anyway. Maybe a little well, I was walking away. Up. So you, know, you talk about being in fourth place and who do you point the finger at or who do fans point the finger at? This was the best hitting team out of the catch position the season ago, right? Uh, Alejandro Kirk was an all-star, and after that, you know, tapered off a little bit with the with the power. And Danny Jansen, when he was healthy, he's pretty good uh, contributor. He's, you know, DH and in some playoff games. Uh, and you know what? He's been real good. I mean, he's been single-handedly. Oh, I mentioned the, the game they won with three hits on Friday. Uh, he was responsible for both runs with the two-run home run. Hard to argue, and he's been banged up most of the season. But, I mean, how far down the list of reasons why this team is in fourth place do you get to, hey, the, this catching tandem that they traded away a top prospect um, because they believed in in how good it could be, that it hasn't exactly lived up to its end of the bargain. Yeah, they don't have a cleanup hitter. Uh, Vladdy's been up and down. George Springer's been up and down. Like, I got, there's three good reasons before right. the Kirky catcher thing. All right, fine. Right? For me, anyway. What is that, fifth? Uh, you're somewhere in there. All right. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker. Whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast, all you have to do is uh, text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. Now, the last uh, trivia question and answer was uh, this former Red Sox infielder wasn't on a sinking ship when he was named an all-star with the get Blue it. Jays in 2005. I do get that one. Uh, the answer was Shea Hillenbrand. Mm. All right, so today's question to win tickets to uh, the Blue Jays, Red Sox down at Rogers Center on Canada Day, July 1st. How about this ticket? Uh, This Red Sox player was named World Series MVP after coming over to Boston in a midseason trade from the Blue Jays. The guy he was uh, traded for is uh, on this 26-man roster as well. Uh, Text the answer to 590 590 for your shot to win, see rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Red Sox are hanging in, you know? Like like I said, just swept the Yankees away. Um, they're a couple of games over 500. They're running away with the American League Central if they played in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. Of course, swept the Blue Jays in four games. Last time they saw them, eh, horrible weather at Fenway Park. But that's the, the last American League East team that they will face before... The All-Star break is the Boston Red Sox is before that that road trip you mentioned. They're going to see the the Red Sox at uh, at Rogers Center. That's that's the one team. If there is one in this division that you you got to get your wins against, I guess it's the Red Sox. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, you play well because you have a lot of talent. You'll win baseball games. Like it's real simple. They should have won yesterday's baseball game. You have more talent mm-hmm. than the other team. Maybe not the lineup consistently because of the way they're hitting the experience and driving baseballs and Seager's an MVP candidate, but consistently everywhere you have better pitching you got some good defense your outfield defense should be good enough make the place you're supposed to make up six nothing you'll win those games it's no different with other teams that you face mm. throw strike one be efficient with two strikes be a little unpredictable run into one occasionally that helps. run the bases the right way <laughs> don't make mistakes uh, have Jose Barrios be the guy that he's been for have the last 12 starts occasionally. that seems to work uh, game one Blue Jays and Miami Marlins coming your way on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet. Uh, Jeff Blair will be back tomorrow. This is fun, man. Uh, Alongside Kevin Barker, I'm Ben Ennis. This has been Blair and Barker. Enjoy the baseball, everybody. See ya.